We are back for another episode of Chargers Powder Hour, and we are fresh off the 41-38 loss to the Lions. Colin Appel, Miles Ruka here. We are your co-host, and man, we finally get a chance to record right after the game, so it's it's pretty fresh. But man, uh, how you how you feeling after that one? Yeah, I haven't I haven't said a word to anyone yet, so you guys are gonna get my full instant reactions and everything um tough loss man i feel like an absolute idiot um thinking that we had any business winning that game at least in the first half i really felt like an idiot um 41 38 by the way colin oh sorry um, <laughs> i'll fix but, that um, yeah uh first half really i was just like man we're gonna get ran out of this building and i mean Number 10 came alive. You know, we could say this. We have not been a second half team at all so far this season. And, you know, today we were. But defensively, I mean, clearly 41 points. That's not going to get the job done. Yeah, I was just telling you right before I hopped on. I actually I actually like watched probably only half of the game just because I knew exactly where this was headed. And I followed, I followed the whole, the whole game. I followed, followed along the whole time. But um, yeah, I, I just kind of knew I was like, man, I have other stuff to do around the house. Like I, I kind of already know how these next two or three drives are going to go from both sides. You know, I knew, I knew we were going to keep it close. Um, I did tune in and, and got to see a few big plays, some exciting plays. Um, but ultimately you know, it just this this defense man was so bad, and they, they have been really bad, pretty much for the for the whole year. I mean, yeah, I think we did get duped into the last couple of weeks, and and we kind of knew. I mean, you know, we weren't totally oblivious to the fact that you know it was the Bears and the Jets that we played, but at the same time, you know, momentum is real, and you'd like to think that they would come out this week. Not saying they they were going to look like the same team that we've seen the last couple of weeks. Um, but they reverted right back to the team that we've kind of come to know, which is <clears throat> run all over us, like run as much as you want, um, you know, and, you know, we're going to play zone. We're going to give you a big cushion and uh, we're, we're just going to play really soft. Like we're going to let you get your yards and then hopefully, you know, our, our red zone defense can can save us and and turn this seven point drive into a three point drive. So, um yeah, it's just, man, today was really bad. But yeah, I, I kind of have that same feeling of, man, I feel a little stupid for, for uh, maybe, you know, believing that uh, it would have gone any any different. Yeah, I've I've seen like the uh, meme template, and it's like the Chargers are a perfect example of, you know, you get your hopes really high, you feel like you have a lot of momentum, you can go on a run, and then you know a game like this happens, and you give up. 41 points and now this is the defense's fourth time this season giving up over 475 yards in a game uh second time giving up over 500 similar to that miami game really similar to that miami game week one today um but yeah just really tough you know herbo played really one of the best games of his career going down the stretch in this game especially that second yeah, half very good. i mean dude was he woke Besides up one insane INT. Yeah, which was, I mean, how much are you going to put on him? It it was really, he was just kind of throwing the ball away. He really, I mean, look, didn't, if, he yeah, didn't get the, it out far enough, obviously, but the, those INTs are, are the ones that I can't really be too mad about. I mean, when it's, when it's another guy making just an insane acrobatic play to, to come down with the ball inbounds, like you, you got to just kind of tip your hat yeah. at that one. I mean, yeah, there was, I mean, he probably could have, you know, sailed it a little, a little bit more, um, just keep a little bit better protection of that ball, you know, towards the sideline. But yeah, I mean, that was just an insane play and they're going to happen. You know, it wasn't, we didn't get that game where, you know, he had two INTs cause it bounced right off someone's chest and into the, the hands of a defender, you know? So like, I mean, but yeah, ultimately he played, he played amazing today. He looked great in the second half. Like you said, down the stretch, um, was clutch made throws when he needed to make them. Um, he really made an adjustment. I feel like at halftime, you know, his yards were there, but there were a few throws and a few plays in the first half that I think he wish he had back. Um, and just, just watching it on the broadcast, I'm like, damn, he missed a guy that was wide open. So, um, yeah, it was cool to see him make an adjustment and, 
Look, we, we know what we have back there with 10. We don't have to keep selling ourselves on how amazing Justin is. Like we know how amazing he is. You know, I feel like a lot of times we get into this back and forth with, you know, people on social media. Uh, you know, a lot of it is Dolphins fans, but even just the the non Herbert believers out there, because there are it's astounding how how many people out there actually don't see him as an elite quarterback. But I think us constantly trying to sell those people on how good he is uh, turns into us like selling ourselves, which I don't think we need to like, we know what we have back there and we just have to address other areas of this team of this roster and, and just give that man a little bit of help. Like anything at this point would be, would be awesome. I mean, injuries can't really control that. That's uncontrollable, but you know, Every every team has them. I get it. Like it's gonna, it's part of the game. Um, but man, it just seems like if the Chargers want to win a game, Justin Herbert has to play hero ball and and ball, you know, just go out of his mind just to even have him in the game in the fourth quarter. Like there's been a couple of wins this year, like the Raiders game, um, which was insane. It was like you look at, you know, look at what Justin was doing, and it's like, dude. Or no, was it the Raiders game or what win was that? Like he had an insane, insane numbers and we still almost fucking blew it. Oh yeah, it was Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like, he shouldn't have to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns and then like hope your defense can get a stop in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And unfortunately that's just, that's what it came down to today. Uh, Defensively really felt like there weren't many adjustments made. Clearly there weren't many adjustments made. Just we got ran down the field every possession. The, I believe the Lions had in the first half, at least the Lions had more snaps in our territory than our offense had snaps as a whole. So it's just like the explosive plays were there today. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown went for 150 and a touchdown. Like we got we got so we got so uh, what's, how do I want to say this? so like enthused about this unit after the last two weeks after that showing and today was a real wake-up call like okay yeah you played the jets and the bears this is this is a lot different this is a this is a team that is going to be able to compete you know come january so it's that's not gonna work i think part of it too is just the whole you know like if you zoom out and look at how this defense has performed for the season i mean I think the last two weeks, I think it played into it a little bit more because of how bad they were those first. I mean, they've been bad all year and to see them bounce back and have two back-to-back solid performances. I think, you know, I think that played a lot of tricks on, on a lot of fans are like, Hey, okay, that's back-to-back. I know, I know it's the bears and the jets. You know, we, we kind of threw that out there, but at the same time, like, you know, you, you notice, at least me as a fan, I notice like when, when teams make adjustments, cause it's like, it's, you can see it, you know, you can see the improvement and whatever, you know, facet of the game needed to be improved. And the defense put back to back weeks together. I mean, they solid performances, you know, on prime time. Um, I think we were all kind of duped into being like, okay, maybe they're, they figured it out. Maybe they're, you know, they, they, they seem to be gelling a little bit more. They seem to be, building some chemistry there, you know, but clearly I think we just got to call a spade a spade. And this defense just is not a good defense and it sucks. I wish it was, I I wanted to be a good defense or just an average defense so bad. Um, But I don't even think it's that. And I think it's way too top heavy. You know, I think there are going to be changes coming this season, not just uh, to the, the coaching staff, but also the personnel, you know, um, something that I thought about, I don't know if it was earlier this morning or, or during the game, or maybe even just after the game. Um, we have to look back at what, what is now the 2021 off season or yeah, going into the 2022 season, you know, the, the all in year where we were making splash after splash and free agency. And we just have to call it what it was. And, that was a big giant failure. Like of those guys that we brought in that are still here. I mean, it just has not worked out. I mean, Cleo Mack has had some, some really nice performances here and there. And ultimately, I mean, still 
doing good things. But I mean, Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day were brought in to improve the interior interior D line of this team. And like you just you just notice no difference. Like nothing's changed. Um, you were still getting gashed for four or five, six yards of carry. Um, you know, Morgan Fox has, has, has had some nice moments as a charger. And I think ultimately, uh, his signing was a good one because it was, you know, uh, you know, not as flashy. It was, it was more of a depth signing, which, you know, if you can get solid guys, bring them in, they don't cost, you know, the, the, the top rate that the market's asking for. And and they turn into to be solid quality depth pieces. Like I'm never going to be mad at those, those types of signings. Um, but I mean, I mean, I think everything gets highlighted with fucking JC Jackson too. So, I mean, that's, that's just kind of like the, yeah, the cherry on top of, of that whole, that whole free agency class. But yeah, that, that was a failure. And so what we need to do is get some of those guys off the books, move them, um, you know, cut them, save some money. And this organization just needs a, a reset in so many ways. Like, I think those changes are coming this year of like, all right, we need to not be as top heavy. We need to find a way to move some guys, you know, get some money back in our hands and go and get, you know, solid guys all around. I mean, you look, you look at a team like we just played in the lions and they're so much better. Like they're so much better of an all around team than we are. We have really sexy pieces of a team, quarterback, you know, some, some top uh, weapons and, and playmakers, but Man, that's just a solid put together team from like one to fifty-three. Yeah, and it really starts with Dan Campbell, I think. Today really was the Dan Campbell versus Brandon Staley. And a guy like Dan Campbell's always going to prevail in that kind of a situation. You can you can tell which team is coached really, really well out on that field. And it's it's clearly the Lions. Like they go to war for that dude. They you know, they bite yeah. off the caps, as they say. Uh, so I think it, it starts there. Obviously, you know, the Staley experiment has run its course. We've known that for a long time. But, yeah, I think, I mean, four performances over giving up over 475 yards this year for this defense, that that right there is basically sums up the Brandon Staley experiment as the head coach. Yeah, I mean, it just hasn't worked. Like I said, that, that free agency class that we brought in, you know, a lot of those guys just did not pan out. JC Jackson highlighting that group, but um, yeah, it, it just, it seems like this defense, this team, this roster just needs a reset. And, and I mean, screw it. We can get into the talks right now. Like, I really don't care anymore at this point, but like, I mean, they need a reset at head coach. They need a reset at GM. And it just feels like so long since we've had that as Chargers fans, you know, the, the Tom, Tom Telesco tenure, I think, has run its course just as you know, just as well as as the Staley course. Uh, I just don't think you can give him another opportunity to go hire somebody. You know, the, this is, you know, this was your last chance at 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 least being a GM at this organization. He'll probably get a job somewhere else. He's good enough of a GM. He's competent enough of a GM to to get a job elsewhere. Um, but it's just 10 years in, you know, was it two playoff wins? And two playoff win. We've had more coaches than we've had playoff wins. Let's and just it's it just way. not very often that a GM gets what will be now his fourth chance to hire a coach. That, that just does not happen. So, And, I mean, us as a fan base, I don't have, you know, any – any hope or I should say I have hope obviously, but I don't have, you know, there's nothing that tells me that, you know, he's going to hit this fourth coaching hire, you know, he's now Oh, for three out of the last 10 years. And yeah, well, it's, it's just, just like, a, we can, we can talk it's about just a, it's more so of a culture shift. I mean, it's definitely a culture culture shift in an organization when you get new management, like you're getting a new GM, you know, a general manager of that organization. Right. And all the all the duties and responsibilities that fall under that umbrella, but I mean that it just seems like what's one constant that's been around longer than these coaches, longer than any any staff member, longer. I mean, besides ownership, because that's one thing you really can't control. I mean, 
you can't control who who buys your team or who owns your team. But yeah, I mean, you, like, you, you don't have to look far. I mean, it's it's Tom. He's been there for, and yes, he's he's done some good things for this organization. Again, he's competent enough of a GM. He'll get a job elsewhere. Um, he'll probably be there for a long time too. And we'll can you know we'll, we'll hear his name down the road as well. So it's not like he's been terrible, but it's just this organization needs a culture change. They need a reset, um, like a complete reset. You know, they've we've seen them fire and hire. Uh, and it, it hasn't worked out over the last really. I mean, when, when was the last time the Chargers really had like a solid coach? Because even and even with Marty Schottenheimer, like you know, he had that one amazing year, and we'll never know what the rest of that could have looked like because he got fired after going 14 and two. Um, but he was also there for a couple seasons, and it, it took time to build up to that. And they were a very specific type of team, the way they played, their philosophy, all that, their scheme. So, you know, that's one year. That's not a huge sample size of being like, oh, we had X coach for 10 years and it was amazing and we should have never let him go. You know, so like you can argue like the Chargers have never really had that that presence at coach. Um, and it just seems like, yeah, I mean, watching this defense take the field, like they just seem uninspired. You know, they, they, they kind of seem more individual. They've always seemed more individual than as like a unit, especially I think the way we talk about them too. It's always like we're talking about the players and, and not really like the DBs as a whole, you know, like it's always like good performances from a few guys, but then ultimately just trash everywhere else. It feels like a big um, consensus in coaching nowadays is you want one of those guys that's, you know, that's gritty, that's going to, not just coach you guys up, but you know, he says, he says things like biting kneecaps off shit like that. And we've hired Brandon Staley. Who's like a little fucking Keebler. And out. Mike McCoy, like and two Mike of the soft, softest head. motherfuckers. And then we have fucking Unk Anthony Lynn as well. Like we've just hired a bunch of yeah. washed ass dudes that like, I don't know. I, they're unins- they're like, uninspiring. Like I wouldn't get, I'm not going to get in uninspired by a guy like Brandon Staley coaching me up. He's fucking, I mean, well, you know? and what I think the danger too is like of, of hiring someone that doesn't have at least like prior head coaching experience, prior playing experience, or just been around forever and is respected by everyone, you know, like, and this, honestly, this is the case for a lot of these offensive coordinators. Like, you know, a lot of them probably haven't played football since high school. And even then, so it's like, you know, they've, they've been on a sideline wearing you know nike sneakers and 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 jackets just calling plays or you know like but at least they have some sort of like kind of like experience to go off of what i'm trying to go where i'm trying to go with this is staley i mean yes he played in college but he doesn't he didn't have any nfl experience prior to this job well he he did like as an assistant, but not, no coaching experience, like head coaching experience. And he only had like four years. So that, that itself isn't a very large sample size of, you know, at the end of the day, when things aren't, when things are rocky and things are rough and you're the coach of a team and it's not going the way that you, you know, drew it up and, and, and training camp, like they're going to start to question you at, at, at certain times, they're going to start to question your leadership they're going to question your, your motives, your character, like all of that, you know, like, you, like we've all had, we've all had coaches before at some level where even we've been like, do they fucking know what they're doing? Like, you know, like not that you know, and you just, but well, at the same you time, have to, you, you have question. to believe them. Yeah. And, and once your coach. that seed gets planted of, you know, of doubt where it's like, well, why, why should I listen to this guy? He didn't play like he didn't play in the league. You know, he, he wasn't, you know, he's not this highly respected coach with lots of experience. Like, he's just this this uh, young, like, middle-aged dude that has a couple years of NFL assistant experience and one of a defense coordinator. But really, I mean, that, that's just an assistant coach as well. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's probably an, a, something that, like, the media – won't touch on as much or rarely touches on, but I feel like if you were to interview 
players and they could answer anonymously. I feel like something along the lines of like, I mean, respect goes, you know, res- respect goes deeper for someone that I don't know has, has been there or you know knows what he's talking about because it's it's something that he's dealt with for for years and years and I don't know it could be something that I'm, I'm looking into too much but I just think that like when I see some of these individual players like their performances on the field their faces their body language um, to me it just especially on the defensive side I'm talking it just seems like they're not like or they're they're sick of the Staley experiment as well. Cause they don't really have a choice at this point. You know, I think you put out a good tweet earlier about how, how long is this going to go on? You know, this, are they, is Telesco or, you know, is Spanos going to get involved here and, you know, figure this thing out early in the season, see what happened to the Raiders. They are, they, they're like a whole new team now that, you know, McDaniel's out of that building or sorry. Yeah. Josh McDaniel's out of that building. So I just think that it's kind of one of those things that in order for this team to really unite, you have to get out the issue sooner rather than later. And I just, I don't know that they have the balls to do it because we've never seen it happen before in the past. But I mean, I want to say this walking right now. Yeah. And I want to say this too, because I tweeted that and there were a few people in the replies that, you know, and I, 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 I I don't disagree with them at all. I, I, I know exactly where they're coming from because you know you can zoom out and look at the history and you know how many times that the Spanos fired a coach mid-season or during the season, and I think it's only one, which happens to be our, our boy Mike Riley. Um, Shout out. And other than that, though, I mean it's it hasn't happened. So I get that. You know, I get that they have a way of doing things. They probably don't prefer to fire mid-season, but look there's still time not to be the delusional fan. Like there's still time to turn the season around, but, but you have to shake it up. It's, it's, it's no longer like minor tweaks are going to, are going to save the season. If you're going to save this season and what does save this seat, like defining that, what does that mean? Make the playoffs, like just find a way to get in as a wild card. Um, that would to me would be saving the season and, and making something out of what looked like was going to be nothing. Um, there's still time to do that but you have to shake it up. And to your point with the Raiders firing McDaniels and bringing in uh, Antonio Pierce as the interim, it's not necessarily a bad thing to make the switch in season, but it has to be a certain scenario. And oddly enough, I think this is a situation that falls under that scenario where it's, you, you look at the roster, it's a good roster a good quarterback you have all of the the key pieces that you need to be a successful football team okay um offensively you have a good coach right you have i mean you have some injuries but for the most part you're pretty healthy outside of receiver so that all that's fine special teams solid solid unit solid coach right so it's really just one side of the ball that you know if you can staley and promote Kellen Moore to head coach. Nothing else really changed. I mean, you're basically just asking Derek Ansley to start calling the plays. I mean, you still have your defensive coordinator, right? You just, but you trim, you cut out the cancer of Staley because clearly, I mean, I don't think he's lost the locker room by any means, but I, I don't think he's everyone's favorite guy in the locker room right now either. So, it just seems like if you're going, I mean, cause look at, look at the season for what it is right now on November 12th, you're four and five and you're only like one or two games out of playoff contention. So like, and there's, there's still time like the, the upcoming schedule isn't the, the friendliest, but it's also not terrible. Like lots of winnable games left on that schedule. There's some tough ones, you know, Ravens still got to play the Chiefs and you still got to play the Bills, but a couple of games with the Broncos, another one with the Raiders, the Packers, like still winnable games here. Um, and, you know, knowing us, like we're always going to play the Chiefs close. So I think I, I'm, I understand that it probably won't happen, but I'm an advocate for it because 
looking at this season for what it is right now, it's either like write it out and just have a frustrating season that probably doesn't turn around and be in the same spot that you were in a year or two ago, or try to go all in with this roster that you have fire Staley promote more, get some spark back on defense, you know, get these guys rallying around Derek Ansley, Kellen Moore and, and try to go on a run because I think that's the only way that this team, I mean, sure. They can come out next week and, and get back to 500, but then they're looking at a really tough primetime game against Baltimore on, on a Sunday night, which, you know, probably doesn't look great for us in that matchup. Um, and then they can probably get back to 500 a week after that when they go to play. I don't know who it is. Like, I think it's, I think it's Denver. Um, but I think they're on this, on this course of going like one step forward, two steps back. Like just the, seeing how the rest of the schedule kind of plays out with the opponents and just knowing that knowing pretty much what this team is at this point, especially under this head coach with this defense. Um, it, I could, I could see them being a scrappy team and keeping Staley and finishing eight and nine, but what the fuck does that do? Like if you're going to finish eight and nine, miss the playoffs, like I would rather end up there with being like, okay, at least we tried to do something with the season. We fired Staley and we still ended up eight and nine. So like, we're still in the same spot we would have been in if that makes sense. Totally. Uh, the neglect to us as fans has gone on long enough. I mean, it's like you said, it's going to be one of those firings that comes with cause. And this right here, 41 points when your QB is playing hero ball the entire game, putting up 38, that would be cause. So, I mean, if, if I wake up to the notification tomorrow morning, you know, Brandon Staley's out as a head coach. Then you know what I'm. I'm ready for it. Yeah, I just. I, I. I wish I just had some sort of inclination of like, of how close, or it, like if it if it's even gotten to that point yeah. in Spanos' mind of like, oh, like like there's his finger on the big red button. Like like has he opened the glass case to the button and is like hovering over it yet, or is he still mm-hmm. just like pondering like, uh, you know, how how long can I? can I see if this, you know, can turn around? Like, I don't know. I just, I just wish I was at least had some clue of, you know, of how close it is to actually happening. Cause it's inevitable at this point. It's it really inevitable. is. It is. It's inevitable. Um, we all know it's coming. I think, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Brandon Staley even knows it's coming. Cause I mean, you know, you bring I think in he the defense. I mean, guy, he'll never he admit it, to. but like, no, nobody's ever going to ask him. When you're the defensive like when when you're the the defensive minded coach that comes in and the one thing that you can't do is play defense like that's just Concerning. that looks worse like you know, it'd be one thing if like you know you have a Lincoln Riley situation where it's like your side of the ball is amazing but you refuse to address the other side of the ball that's absolute shit like it's not even that it's like dude it's your it's your side of the ball bro <laughs> like like that that looks that's just worse and so, yeah, I, I really believe if this, if this uh, family ownership had, had more, had deeper pockets, I, I really think that Staley would be, would have been gone uh, this off season. I mean, look at the Raiders, man. Like, I don't know how much Mark Davis is worth, but they obviously have like some money coming in because they can afford to fire someone after like one or two years um all the time like they're they're hiring a new coach like every year which clearly means like they can afford to hire and fire and eat uh a lot of that like dead dead salary um i just don't think that was that's an approach that the chargers have ever taken i mean they've and again just showing their track record of actually firing coaches mid-season um it it just it doesn't really it's not a thing and so yeah, man. I but and and we could legit spend the next or the rest of this episode, and we might end up just doing that, talking about Staley and just talking about this team and, and the path that they're on uh, in general, because that's really my focus. It's you know 
we, we can continue to talk about Staley, but it's, I think it's silly at this point because we just know it's inevitable. Like we know, yeah. I don't even think there's a point of like back and forth of like, what can he do to, to sit now? Like we've had those conversations. There's know? only um, so much, you know, there's only so much we can berate the guy until we're just repeating ourselves. Cause right. like you said, we, we know it's coming. So us sitting here speculating. And we're past, yeah. We're past the point of, of having the conversation of being like, Hey, yeah. is there still a chance that no, like I, fans are tired of it. Um, the players are starting to look tired of it as well. Even if they'll never admit it, that's just my opinion. And it, God damn, dude, this team just needs a freaking like reset so bad. Like not even saying that they have to go into like rebuilding mode. Like that's not what I'm saying at all. But like, can we just get someone in that like can see what we have, like look at our roster for what it's worth and be like, okay, we can move X, Y, and Z because you know, that saves us X amount and like go draft really well for a year or two and, and bring in young, exciting players. And like, dude, look how quick the lions went from like absolute zero to Holy shit. The lions are stacked. Like they have good, good offensive and defensive lines. Like they're winning the battle in the trenches almost every week. Like it's, it's rare that, that they're not winning that battle. And then you look at some of the players that they've drafted and brought in, you know, offensively, like, you know, Jamison Williams, had a touchdown today and I know he hasn't really gotten going since he's came in, into the league, but you know, guys like Amon Ross St. Brown drafted a whole round after Josh Palmer. Like it's differences like that. It's, you know, Jameer Gibbs uh, was a guy that he was like the, the laugh of the draft this year. Everyone was like, what? Like they, they took him so early and then, you know, now you're starting to see like, well, fuck, it makes sense. Like, it's a good fit for their team. It's a good fit for their offense. Um, Laporta, Jack Campbell, like it, it can happen quick. It, it Sometimes it, it can happen in one off season where it's like, you just get a little deeper, you get more depth, you get just good players all around. And yeah, you're still going to have your team captains and you're all pros and, and your, and your guys that really, you know, pave the way, but, man, this team is just desperately missing that second level of guys, that second level of depth. Like when you, when you look back at a 2018 chargers team that went 12 and four, that's a team that had that. Like look at all the depth they had on that defense uh, offensively. Like it it just, they had their own bugaboos. Right. But like, I mean, it just seems like we're so far away from that here in 2023. Like we yeah. have really good, we have really, really good top end players at important positions, but we just ask them to like save us and bail us out constantly. And you, you just are not going to have a good football team by doing that. Like everyone, everyone has to step up. And here we are. Yeah. Uh, looking back on that, you know, 2021 off season, you know, with so many splash signings to really fix this defense. You know, Staley got his guys, guys that he's worked with, guys that, you know, he should be able to know how to use. And it's just like, it's a total, everyone's just lost out there. I mean, like you look at this defense last two weeks, they had like, I want to say like six sacks, something along those lines. And then today we had five pressures. We generated five pressures the entire game, this defensive line. And I mean, you can, give, you can give credit to that Lions yeah. offensive line. That's right. I mean, it's probably a top, probably top three good. unit in football. But yeah, but, still, I mean, like golf had all day, and yeah. that it just straight up torched us. And not to mention, once those running backs got through that first level, they were were able to climb. And then you know you have bad angles from dudes like Dean Leonard, who's getting notable snaps. And then it's it's just it's a shit show. And that's when shit hits the van. And that's Really, what we saw today was Tuli hurt. Who? Tuli? No, he played. Uh, he was pretty. He was pretty either. quiet though. Yeah, I mean, overall, yeah, it was a pretty quiet day from that defensive line. Um, yeah, it, it's a really good offensive line unit that they're going up against. And, um, but yeah, I mean, again, just another example of like it's not working. You have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa the same defensive line and you're paying them a shit ton of money and it's not working like 
that's what this team is facing. That's what this team is up against is not only is it not working, but like we need to find a way to like financially get things back in our favor so we can set ourselves up to do other things in the next, you know, why we have this window with Justin Herbert. Like, I mean, the 2021 offseason probably set us back three seasons as an organization. Like looking looking back on it right now, I mean, that was already almost two years ago. Um and and this team is I mean, well, we know where they're at, but financially it set us back maybe even longer, maybe like close to like four or five years. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see like how they this this offseason will be a crucial offseason in that that regard of you know how how far back will that set us or can they do some things to you know to get us back into the into the green which they already have you know they cut or they traded JC Jackson and were able to shed a majority of that contract so they've already started to do some things like that but they're going to have some really big decisions and and uh personnel you know just players like hey do we want to keep them here do, do we not do we do we think it's worth just eating the money or, or cutting it or cutting them or, um, you know, so there's going to be some important decisions in that regard, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the 2021 offseason was just a giant swing and miss very flashy. And that was exciting. You know, we weren't used to seeing that as charger chargers fans, but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely was a failed experiment and, you know, I, I think rather than just watching this cancer, play out like you just gotta just end it and you know pull pull the reset uh cord now instead of just waiting for for the season to to end i mean that's that's how i feel don't, don't sound so joyful man You're i did a, it's not a lot of smile i know about. i i get it no, nothing to smile about in my life yeah, yeah pretty much that's us as chargers fans i do want to preface though that it was not all bad today. Um, I really think that our offense took a massive step forward today, especially in the past game. Uh, you know, without Mike Williams, Gerald Everett left the game. Josh Palmer's on IR. Keenan Allen left for a few drives. But, man, the Slayer had a day. I want to yeah. say he went 11 for 175, two touchdowns. Herbert threw for, I want to say, 356 and four touchdowns and that one pick that we talked about. For me, that was very encouraging, uh, just especially after last Monday night against the Jets, you know, having having a, an, uh, a defense like that, our offense was not able to get anything going. But today, especially in that second half, man, we were unstoppable. I mean, Herbert put his arm on full display all game, and, you know, he, he nearly won this game for us alone. So... You know, throwing to dudes like Jalen Guyton, Stone Smart had a few targets. Quentin Johnston, first NFL touchdown, which, by the way, nailed that prediction. Um, and man, QJ, I don't know if you watched the play. Um, QJ had like that 90-yard touchdown, just just dropped the ball. Yeah. That would have been – that would have sent Chargers Twitter into a frenzy. <laughs> yeah, that would have. Yeah, that was a tough one. Um, no, it, it definitely it was a refreshing – sight to see this offense continue to score in the second half you know i think a lot of times we're used to seeing like if they score 31 you know they'll score 24 in the first half and seven in this you know like that type of first half second half flow um but yeah today was definitely offensively a, a complete game you know from start to finish scoring points um and and uh, giving your team a chance. So that that was exciting to see. And yeah, I mean, like this, this offense is taking baby steps. You know, um, they're, they're definitely missing some of those those top receivers. But, you know, we're seeing Jalen Guyton, um, you know, get more and more snaps. He's, you know, starting to to knock some of the rust off uh, with, with coming back from the ACL injury. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't like this offense is going to be the reason that this team is in all of these games late down the stretch, you know, and it, it'll be the reason why they win a, a couple of them. Um, but yeah, it's they're, they're, they're just in a constant state of, you know, you have to pick up the slack for that defense. And that's just 
you know, more weight to you or more weight on you as an offense to be like, okay, every drive matters. Cause we have to, you know, we, we either have to like get to the 50 and flip the field and pin them deep or score points, you know, field goal touchdown, uh, to at least, you know, make it a little easier for this defense. Just being able to give them breathers, at least just sustaining long drives, not, you know, cutting down on the three and outs. We had a few three and outs today on some really questionable play calls, especially in that first half. But it, it felt like a totally new offense came alive in that second half today. Yeah, you know, we finally saw we finally saw some explosive plays uh, that Keenan Allen on that fourth and two, you know, the throw to Guyton. And dude, I mean, Herbo was just throwing lasers today. I mean, one of his better one of his best passing games really of his career i think and like we said this is he's throwing to dudes that like are probably door dashers on the side you know guys like you know stone smart like mentioned see me fahoko got a target or two dudes like that that's what he's working with and i know everyone always has oh what's what's the excuse is going to be now we have excuses for this game at least 41 points given up by the defense you were out your at one point your top three receivers your you know, your 1A, 1B, one of your tight ends, as in Gerald Everett, yeah. never came back to the game. There was a lot of reasons as to why, you know, this offense had no business scoring 38 points, but they did. They did. And again, like, you know, we talked about it on the pregame episode. This this uh, Lions pass defense is, is towards the bottom of the league. And, you know, that – was definitely something that they, that they needed to take advantage of. And one thing I was surprised that I, we didn't see as much. I I think I even heard Romo say something on the broadcast uh, at some point in the first half. Um, you know, he's like, I'm surprised that they're not like rolling way more play action. You know, this is a, you know, a really good run defense and you can kind of use that against them a little bit as an offense, you know, by, you know, by showing run and, and then just completely, you know, pulling the, the rug out from underneath them. And yeah, I, I just, I, I thought, especially with this offensive line and you know, what they were going up against, you know, it would have, you know, bought Herbert a few more seconds and, you know, being able to extend the play on his feet a little bit, but it's just something that, I mean, not even today, but really the whole season so far, I feel like that was one element of an offense that I was really excited to see was more of uh, you know, the play action, uh, you know, or just more play action in general, I should say. Yeah, that was one note that I had written down in the first half was it felt like, you know, in, on the interception, uh, there was that one play that was, by the way, bullshit uh, intentional grounding on that QB hit on Herbert. That was, yeah, that was a, that was a bad call, but throwing on the run does did seem to be a, kind of a trend that it feels like we haven't been able to go back to too much. It felt like it feels like when Herbert has gone in trouble in the past, especially in the first half today, you know, it's more of just like a throw it to a guy's feet or just like, yeah. you know, play safe ball. And then that second half came alive and, you know, our offensive line was able to do enough zero sacks given up on the day. But when, you know, you don't have your top options available, then you have to kind of, you need to give yourself some more time to get those some of those other guys that don't see the field too much open, and that's exactly what we were able to see. I mean, there was a big third down conversion to QJ where Herbert rolled right. There was a few other ones he took off on that one third and long for a yeah. first down. It was really really nice to see them actually you know scheming up. Well, not necessarily scheming up, but Justin you know looking a lot more comfortable while throwing on the run, unlike we've seen a lot this year. Yeah, no, I I love that part of the game or of his game too. Uh, I feel it's always been a strength of his, and I've I've really just been shocked as to how you know under underused that element of his game has been used just by by any of his coordinators that he's had. Um, you know, Lombardi, Callum Moore now only through you know half a season, but uh, and then you know Shane Steichen too. So. We, I feel like, yeah, when we see Herbert at his best, he is, he's going through all of his reads, and and he normally doesn't have time to do that, just given this offensive line. Um, so I think, 
you know, especially for a guy like him, you know, he, if you can have him extend plays, have guys like Keenan Allen, you know, find a way to get open. Um, it only helps them. So yeah, I, I definitely like the look of this offense in the second half and the ability to put up 38 points on a, on a pretty good overall defense. Uh, I know they have their, their own weaknesses. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they kept it interesting. You know, when it was 17, three, it was like, Ooh, this could get ugly here pretty quick. And so for them to, to rally back, to make it a game, um, to have a chance late in the fourth quarter, um, was, was really encouraging to see. For sure, dude. Um, shit. I totally lost my train of thought, but offense, Took a few steps forward, really, for me today. But defense, man, took so many steps back that I yeah. I don't see this unit really improving, like you said, and, until the cancer's out of the building, and that would be and Brandon Staley. It's really oh, like that's a bad joke. Never mind. <laughs> oh, Should, yeah. I probably shouldn't. Yeah, I probably shouldn't. I say totally that. forgot Never about mind. that actually. I I did too until I just said it because I know I've referred to that before. Cancer figuratively. All right, let's not refer to. Can- Let's not refer to Staley as cancer. It's Until the, uh, the the weeds the weeds are whacked, if you there will. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, Whoops. That's a that's don't a cancel right me, there. please don't cancel me, both man. You're gonna get this show canceled, man. Great, great. <laughs> I mean, hey, at least you caught it. At least you hey, caught it. Yeah, that's true. So uh, this is my apology video. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and it's like when you zoom out, it's really. Like that, that is part of the reason that excites me as to like, they should just do a fresh organization reset because it's been so long since they have done one. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I think from the outside looking in, like, I, I think it's a pretty easy fix if you really look at it for what it is. And that is, look, this defense is fucking terrible. If you can, and this offense is good enough, they have the pieces on offense all that's put in place for you as someone that would be as a GM inheriting this team or as a new coach, you basically just have to figure a way to get this defense to league average or around league average and all aspects of the defense, like yards per game points, you know, like on the ground in the air. If, if you can just hover somewhere around average, this team is going to win you a lot of games. And I would say for the most part, it, has been you know slightly better than you know we've seen in the past we've been able to stop the run more consistently obviously all of that went out the window today but yeah. i i would say i would like to think that this unit has been maybe slightly more consistent than we've seen in the past at least in certain things yeah but i mean they're they're atrocious but on third obviously, down they, obviously they can't get off the enough. field um you know that they make they commit penalties at times that just seems super like <laughs> inconvenient. Like, you know, it's it's never on first and second down. It's always on third down or, or fourth down to you know to extend a drive. And it, it's just like backbreaking things like that that it, it's just tough to escape. And again, like yards yards per game is it, it's it's insane. Like. 500 500 plus yards of offense for the lions i mean that is i mean we're starting to be no stranger to it because i mean it seems like it's already happened a few times this year but that that's bad man like it's not good what that tells me is like even if you're a bend don't break team like it it matters like how you how you play defense man if you're if you're getting taken to third and goal, fourth and goal, every drive, like that defense is going to be gassed come the second half and time of possession is a real thing. You know, that that's something that doesn't get talked about a whole lot, but you know, that, that matters. And just the number of opportunities altogether that you're going to get as, as an opposing team matters. So um, even if, you know, they do buckle down the red zone and, you know, let's say take back two of, two of the lions touchdowns and just say that we held them and they kick field goals. Right. So, all right. 41 minus 14 is 27 plus six would be 33. Like that's an eight point swing right there. 
I mean, it also helps for the Lions that Dan Campbell has the biggest freaking set of nuts that I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, they go for it a lot too. So, I mean, that they're not the greatest example here, but like, I mean, but even even if you're doing that, yes, like you're, you're knocking them down eight points, so you're automatically giving your team a better chance to win. But even then, like your defense is going to be on the field for so long, like they're not going to have any legs in the fourth quarter. And it it's just – I think it's demoralizing too. It's demoralizing to me as a fan, but it has to be as a player when it's like third and 18 and they just get a 25 yard bomb, like wide up. You're like, Jesus Christ. It feels inevitable. It feels like, God damn, like they're going to like, it doesn't matter if it's third and 20 or third and three. Like the biggest example of that was, I mean, on that last drive when it was like a third and 14, I want to say, and then they just went right ahead, got 12 of them. And then it was an easy fourth down conversion from there. It's like you said, it's, it's Ben don't break, but it's Ben. So well, today it was broke today. It broke. Yeah. But sometimes it you can breaked, get bent, but back and no, forth I, yeah. every which no, way where you're just like this flimsy, like it's like a, yeah, it's like a la- laminated, if you will, you know, it's, it goes either way, but then like, like everything, you know, there is a certain point in time where it's going to break. And, you know, today was just, a really broken, poor effort all over on defense. Yeah. And sadly, I think the only way to fix it is to fire Brandon Staley. Like that's, that's it. Like there's nothing, there's no, they're past the point of small tweaks and minor changes here. No, like it has to be severely shaken up and, that I think that'll that'll light a fucking spark under a, not only just a lot of these players but everyone in that building. If tomorrow morning or like tonight news breaks, Brand Staley fired. Like that is a new. It's like a rebirth for a team almost. And now, like you, I get it. There's pros and cons to doing that midseason. You know, everyone has their their own opinions on that and what they prefer, but. I think this is one of those rare situations where it just, it makes more sense to do it than to wait. 100%. There's really no reason why this gets any better with him at the helm. Uh, yeah. Like, tonight, like I said, gonna... they're probably banking and this is the most chargers thing ever, but they're probably banking on him to, to quote unquote, turn it around. Like they're going to give they they believe in him. They want to give him up. Like, more chances and guess what the frustrating thing is he's probably going to win half the games left on the schedule but guess what that only gets you to eight maybe nine wins and that's not enough that's still not enough and not enough for the talent on this team for the qb that we have I mean, yeah that, to not win that's 10, not gonna cut it 10 plus games of this roster is is insane like to not make the playoffs is insane to to be under 500 is insane um so yeah, I again I would fire him. He he would have been fired like <laughs> after the Chiefs loss or dude, I would I I almost would have fired him after the Minnesota win if I'm being honest, if I was calling the shots. Like I had seen enough and we won and I was like I already know exactly how this season's going to go. Um but yeah, I mean we'll we'll see what happens. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, most, I think most people would probably say it, it should happen, but will it is, is the ultimate question. Yeah. I'm going to have very similar vibes tonight as, you know, going to elementary school and you see it, there's a chance of snow overnight. And then you wake up <laughs> to see if, you know, you got a snow day or not. Like that's Checking pretty much notifications. Yeah. That, I mean, and knowing the chargers, it'll probably just be a 10 AM, you know, uh, late start. So, uh, <laughs> But yeah, very he's similar. Been he's been no, he's been demoted to a D coordinator, and Ansley got fired. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, would, be some some bull- it would be some bullshit like that, probably. Oh, dude, uh, and then we get fi- and then we get fifty balled by the Packers. So oh I mean, hey, I have, I do have some hope. Uh, I think that there's some good to take away from this game. It's a long season yet; only one game under five hundred. Green Bay next week, then a really tough one with Baltimore, but. I mean, if if this offense can keep rolling like it like it was today, if we can keep that if we can keep that part going at least, I think we're due to win a decent amount of games. 
going forward. Yeah, and they're they're probably going to be in every game. You know, I mean, that's just who they are. They they have had like one really bad beat or one bad loss each, you know, or for the last couple of years, but it hasn't happened so far. And I don't, I don't think it will at this point. I think they're going to be in every game, you know, in the fourth quarter, have a chance to win it. Um, but that's just the thing. They're going to have a chance to win it. Like they need to, to finish those games. And unfortunately we just haven't seen enough of that in the Brandon Staley era. And it doesn't lead me to believe that that'll change, but there's always hope. It's always hope, man. We got to just keep our head up and enjoy what we can, you know, try to try to find something out of this football season. Cause I don't know about you, but when it's the middle of March and I'm deprived of NFL football, I, I really cherish this time of year. So I'm just going to sit back and, you know, watch, watch what happens. Yeah. No matter what, man, um, no matter how bad they'll be or they they can be like i agree it's just something exciting when it's this time of year and it's sunday morning and you're like oh, i have another hour or two hours to kill and then then my chargers come on like yeah and seeing it's broadcast I mean, come on seeing the, the you know like everyone like pop up on the screen it's it's one of my favorite favorite times of the week of the year it's just like man right right before that game starts and and seeing seeing Herbert pop up on the screen, it's like, all right, let's fucking go. Well, we've only got nine more of those this year, unless you know we can really get some stuff going and have a few more extra games at the end of the year. But yeah, tough yeah. loss today, but um, I'm excited to see. It. They're an entertaining team to watch. There's no debating that. Uh, Chargers yeah. are extremely entertaining. I mean, number ten, Phil seats himself. So. We got that going for us, at least entertainment value. But yeah, the uh, mental health side of it has we can take taken some of the drama out of it. Yeah, yeah, the mental health side of it has you know worn me down a little bit after the years. But we're gonna stick with it. So we will, man. Um, Chargers drop to four and five, lose to the Lions forty-one thirty-eight in a exciting, dramatic, depressing game, and. Now we're in a state of uncertainty, which I feel like is kind of where we've been for the last handful of weeks, really. So uh, not something that we're totally strangers with. But, um, you know, again, at, at this point of the season, it's just it's a lot of disappointment, a lot of frustration. And yes, there there is still hope that things can turn around. But ultimately, we will we'll have to see if that's the case. So. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Chargers Powder Hour, episode number 96. Shout out Braden Fajoko. Oh, okay. That's, the, oh, that's literally the only 96 that I think has maybe ever been worn by a Charger, it feels like. Anyway, I, we can probably find hundreds of examples. I'm sure there is, but that's the only one that comes to the top of my mind. So, Well, ne- next episode will be easy. Yeah. You're right. Uh, we'll go with a. It'll be easy, but I'll, I'll try to go with a. You know, like an underground guy, a sleeper, if you will. Oh, so. Okay. There you go. I like that. We'll see. But. All right, man. Well, let's go ahead and get out of here. Um, make sure you guys are following us on our social medias on Instagram and Twitter at Powder Hour Pod LA for all the latest news and updates about the podcast and about our bolts. Bolt up. Peace. Peace.